You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. On the fake, Rodgers lets it fly, has Watson, he's got it on his feet and he's in for the touchdown! That might be the biggest catch of this young receiver's career for Christian Watson. You can see him, it's just press man. They talk about his speed, his ability to get behind the defense. It's just a matter of can he catch it. That's a great job tracking the ball. He just took a big sigh of relief. Look at his buddies greeting him on the sideline, man. That's got to feel good. All right. What's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. And on tonight's show, we got a special guest, Mr. Coach Hahn himself. Coach, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm fantastic, man. I'm excited to talk some ball. How are you? Dude, same. I've looked forward to this all day long. Really, yesterday, as these games were wrapping up, and gang, as we as the games were kind of, you know, wrapping up for the divisional round, we were messaging back and forth. Did you see this? Did you see that? I'm like, man, tomorrow can't get here soon enough. So I'm excited to dive into it. Now, it's back by popular demand, Coach. We've had several people emailing and uh, and asking for chalk talk. One special request, and I think it would be a cool idea. We need to do this after the playoffs wrap up. Is they said, why don't you pull together some of the top plays from the Packers season and do a chalk talk on kind of the plays of the year? I think that would be really, really cool for sure. But really the goal tonight, gang, this is going to be hard to watch, okay, for some Packer fans because we're going to highlight some San Francisco 49er tape. And the reason being is because there's been so much talk about the Niners. As you guys know, they finished, uh, I think it was fourth in the league in points per play this year. Everybody talks about their defense, but that offense has been solid. It's been stout as well. Very, very uh, under control but at the same time able to utilize what the defense is weak at and being able to really force defenses into vanilla looks, which is, I think, the the gold standard when it comes to running offense. When you can take a defense completely out of the equation of we're going to get creative and, oh, crap, we don't know what you're going to do and we've got to get vanilla. Uh, Greg Cosell was hitting on that just the other day. And, uh, man, it's something that's it's invaluable. So what we're going to do is talk about what the Bengals and the 49ers did well. And what I wanted to really do, Coach, was kind of take them into the trenches because that's where every every play starts and ends, you know, is, is right there in the trenches. You know, it was uh, – I think it was on the McAfee show earlier today. Whether you like the McAfee show or not makes no difference to me, for those of you listening out there. Um, some of the insight, you know, they have uh, – uh, Nick Sirianni, the the head coach for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, on from time to time, and he was talking about how games are won and lost in the trenches, both on offense and defense. So I'm really excited to take the listeners, for those on the pod and here on the YouTube and Twitter channels, uh, kind of inside the huddle and show them what's going on in the trenches. So let's do this, Coach. Let's start with the very first play, guys. This was from the Bengals game. The Bengals had possession. It was first and 10 at their own 32-yard line. This came in the first quarter. 1347 left in the uh, in the first quarter, okay? And what we're going to do, Coach, I'm going to go ahead and share your screen if you want to pull it up, and I'll kind of set the play up here. Um, there we great. go. 
Yeah, we see it great. So basically, the Bengals come out gang in an 11 gun, doubles tight, strong right on, halfback weak. They go Z deep motion. And, and that deep motion, I think, is very important because a lot of teams use motion today. And the fact that they use this deep motion, and what I mean by deep motion, and you'll see it in just a second as coach breaks this play down, is the uh, in this situation, what I believe is the Z actually uses motion and goes all the way behind the quarterback and the halfback. And, and really, man, anything can happen. It could be a, a you know, a, a Z flat. They could dump that thing in a flat full sprint as soon as the ball is snapped. There's a lot of different things that could go on here. But uh, that's one thing that I did notice, Coach, between the Bengals and the 49ers, the similarity there is they used a lot of that deep motion. But I'm going to let you take over here, man. Tell us about this 22-yard pass. But really, let's don't focus so much on the pass as we do what happens in the trenches. Yeah, you got it. Um, you laid out some some pretty standard West Coast terminology there. And, and as all of your listeners know, because you do a great job of explaining it, you know, the vernacular of it or all that important. Um, you call it deep yeah. motion. We call it orbit motion. Uh, that way we can tag a return on it if we really matter all that much. What we're really No, that's great. Here, Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah no problem. Um, what we're really keying on is, is this receiver, Jamar Chase here, and we're going to watch him break the hip line of the tailback and the, the quarterback back here. What that's going to do, what, what we're really keying on, it doesn't have a, a huge impact on the play. Um, what we're really keying on is how Buffalo adjusts to it. And we can see here, you know, with a four down front that Buffalo is showing, um, because of the attached tight end, they're going to get to a four down front up here. That's going to put them in a five-man box now, and we can see already a little bit of miscommunication starting to happen over here. And we'll see that in the next play coming up um, to where we're like, hey, we really got to get over the top. We've got to respect that that possible flat or that wheel pitch, whatever that is, to Jamar Chase. And as that happens, you can see Buffalo in five-man box here, which is an advantage because now you have six on the line of scrimmage and only five in the box. You got six potential blockers, uh, five dudes to play the run. Uh, you could end up in, in pretty good shape here uh, for the running play. So we're going to go ahead and just roll this uh, again. Like you said, it's a it's a nice cross shot here, a little return to T. Higgins. Um, well done. You know, that's I'm sorry, Tyler Boyd, not T. Higgins. Doesn't really matter. It's, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. But really what the Bengals are keying on is that adjustment by Buffalo to look at it here from the end zone shot where we take a look at our tackle box. We can see this is going to be a really light box, right? So we're going to have some great options for us if we want to run in the future. I mean, if you take a look at this, yeah. the backer has red pass. But if we take a look at what this could very easily become because of the five-man box, um, there's some opportunities here. And I guarantee that's exactly what Cincinnati saw, and that's going to help set up this very next play that uh, that we're going to see. Love it, love it, man. And and really what you're talking about here is exactly what LaFleur talked about when he first took the job in Green Bay is marrying up the run to the pass, making everything look uniform, everything look the same. And, and every single play, guys, you got – multiple assistant coaches in the box upstairs watching this from the what we call the all 22 look right the bird's eye view and they're seeing these things open up and you can bet your rear end it's teeing up another call that's good stuff coach i mean that, that that's exactly why you use motion it's exactly you're gathering information yes uh, there, it's, it amazes me how many announcers on tv just go well what they're trying to do here is see if they're in man yeah of course it's going to tell them if they're in man or zone i get it but they're also setting other things up. I mean, you could even see here, Joe Burrow could have tucked this thing and ran if he wanted to, but uh, 
you know, just Joe. I, I love the new nickname, Joe Burrow. They're saying playing in the snow, man. This boy, he can ball, man. He might be the best quarterback in the league right now. But yeah, uh, he he's pretty nuts. He's he's commanding the game well. He's got a really good understanding and feel, you know, for the offense where guys are supposed to be. And you know, with young quarterbacks, sometimes the the thing you worry about is is he going to hold the others on the field accountable? Um, you know, is he is he going to be the guy to to make their job? And you saw a little bit of that. Yesterday from him, you know, getting after his left guard 67 when things didn't go right. It was good. It, it, it was a great game for him. He's really developing, as you said. Absolutely. Good stuff. Let's move on to the second play, Coach. You got, so we've it, got man. This is the uh, another Bengals possession. This is actually, like you said, the very next play. Um, it's the uh, Bengals first and 10 at their own 33. Actually, it ain't the, the very next play. Is it, Coach? Did I get them mixed up? No, no, yeah, it's it's the next drive, so it's certainly something that they accounted for. But I, I'm almost positive that that their their first drive is scripted, right? Um, and yeah. So they're gonna they're gonna go through. For those who don't know what a script is, is you have a set um, number of them with built-in identifiers, and identifiers could be motion, it could be certain formations, just to see how the deep these different looks. And then as you, it's literally on a script. Um, at least that's how we do it at the high school level. Um, so that that first drive, you know, you've, you've got all your plays, you got your audibles, you got your checks built into it, all that sort of stuff that's done throughout the week. And then live in game when you're seeing, okay, they're going to adjust to a five man box here or, or what have you, you can make little notes in that. Um, so the second drive, you can come out and attack a, and, you know, and you do that throughout the game, um, continue trying to get some of these looks that could be advantageous for you. And that is most certainly what Cincinnati did here on this now second drive. Absolutely. All right. So it's a, a Bengals first and 10 at their own 33. This is the first quarter, 927 left. They're already up seven to nothing, as you guys can see. Um, basically forced the three and out to the best of my knowledge there with the Bills. And uh, they come out in 11 gun doubles, Y flex right, halfback strong, slot deep motion or slot Orbit motion, as Coach Han calls it, which I absolutely love. And this results in a 16-yard run. Talk to us about this play, Coach. Yeah, yeah. Very similar formation, just flipped, and now you don't have an attached tight end. I guarantee what they were doing here was trying to get the Buffalo Bills to set their strength on the defensive line to the field, which they certainly did. They got the look that they wanted here, um, getting a three-tech out here or just on the outside hip of the guard, and then getting the nose buried into the boundary. So that's why they didn't attach a tight end. They just went ahead and, and split 83 out wide here, which is great. Um, it's coming from what we would call a doubles look. And, yeah, you're going to get M orbit. You know, he's uh, Jamar Chase here, again, going to use that exact same motion. He's going to orbit bit back here uh, to the bound. That's going to do a couple of things, as we already know how Buffalo is going to going to adjust, right? So they're going to bump their backers now, because now you have a three by one to that side. So you're going to go ahead and bump the backers, and you're going to put this cat right here in a little bit of conflict. And it's really cool <laughs> what uh, what since he does here. So I'm just going to roll the play and let you kind of watch how it happens, and then we'll get to the end zone view of it here in just a moment, where we can really see exactly what's going on. But knowing exactly what they were going to get from the look, uh, they could use that to really personnel it and get a very advantageous matchup. So what they're going to do is run a play called dart. Now, these inside linebackers, specifically this one, get a run read. They're going to key the guard. That's usually what happens, right? You can tell where the ball is going a lot of the times by watching the guard. And if the guard pulls, you can go ahead and pull with the guard. If he down blocks, you can fit off of him. If he goes to reach, you can go set the edge. Like all sorts of great rules for linebackers. But the Bengals 
Bills are going to get a plus one by not the guard. Instead, they're going to pull the tackle because ain't nobody reading the tackle. And here's exactly why they wanted to get in this set. Remember, they had this three text set out here. The motion allowed them to bump. Now you're going to get a great base block from this guard here. And we're able to just kind of wall things down with really good angles here. And here we could kick, could release straight up, just depending on what the rules are from the left tackle. And you're going to pull the right tackle on and get a great hit on either uh, now nickel that's got to come in and, and play the run or a defensive end that's going to be charging up the field, just depending on what you want your left tackle to do. So we'll watch our left tackle base out to the D end and staying big on big, which means this pulling tackle is going to get a block on a nickel. And that's always a win for alignment, right? So now you've got all of the, the Bills players accounted for, except for the defensive end and the backside outside backer. But you know they're not going to be in the play because we're hitting this sucker to the field. Now watch this big old right tackle just come around and bury a nickel. Look at that. That's just, that's joy. Like, if, if I... <laughs> ever scheme up a time where my big hit skinny dudes we're gonna do it every single chance we get we win in the line of scrimmage we get a big dude nickel i mean this is unreal because mixon can run through here absolutely untouched until he gets to safety level you know so we tell our running backs all the time like look homie if we get you to safety level you got to be able to make a man miss right because there's nothing i can do for you if you get to safety level and you can't make it happen so again from the sideline view watch as this unfolds Again, it's motion and formation that allows all this to happen. It's just a, it's a masterpiece. It's a, it's a work of art from a scripted play to now a live play call that gets you an ad, an advantageous look at the line of scrimmage and gets you running the ball really, really committed to stopping the run. It's gorgeous. It's a little bit almost of what San Fran does. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you use the word joy there, but if you look at the position that DB is in, that Nichols in, there's no joy on his side. Look at this guy. He just, he just tries to lay down and he gets folded up like a pretzel. Look at this point. You, know you know what we call that, right? Like you get you get a right tackle coming around angry like that, looking at a nickel. This nickel has to now make a business decision. Dude's dude's making five to seven million a year playing the game he loves. Um, make sure you continue to make that next year, homeboy. <laughs> no way you're squaring up and setting the edge on a polling tackle. I know this for a fact. Because I've been this far more often than I've been this. I <laughs> love it, man. Love it. So what we wanted to point out there with the Bengals highlights, and what we've got now is three 49ers highlights. We wanted to kind of show, you know, what they do on offense, what kind of made the offense go, right, and, and how it's different. And the reason I want to bring this up, gang, is because we've talked about it all year long. There's been so much debate, endless debate, of all of these team run teams run Kyle Shanahan's offense. and the honest truth is, yes, they all come from the same coaching tree. But what you've seen is from Kyle Shanahan's tree, you've got LaFleur in Green Bay. You've got Zach Taylor in um, in Cincinnati. You've got Shane Waldron in Seattle. You've got all of these people. You've got, obviously, McVay out there with the L.A. Rams. All of them are tied together, but they run. They have the same terminology. They have some of the same principles, but you've seen there was no fullback on the field for the Cincinnati Bengals. As a matter of fact, to the best of my knowledge, they do not have a single fullback on the roster, as far as I know. Now, why do I mention that? Because the tape we're about to get into, you're about to see some old school fullback here with Kyle Shanahan. And, and I just wanted to point that out because 
in a, in a lot of cases, the argument becomes, well, Aaron Rodgers is just running Mike McCarthy's system because it doesn't look like San Francisco's. That's not the case, guys. These As these coaches split, they kind of do their own thing. What you will notice is a lot of similarities between LaFleur and McVay, but Zach Taylor and Shane Waldron have really branched off and gotten very creative, and, and they've kind of got to step up in their offenses, I believe, on L.A. and on Green Bay. It's is Green Bay's coaching staff going to kind of make that adjustment? But the king of the hill this year, Coach, it's San Francisco. And this first play we're going to highlight here, it, you know, you, some of you may hear it's going to be an eight-yard run, and you would think, okay, well, what's the big deal about an eight-yard run? Everything plays off of these looks. They give so many different looks. But this first play here comes in the uh, in the third quarter, okay? It was a first and 10, 49ers. They were at Dallas' 36. The score is 9-9. Nine to nine. So this is a close game. This is At this point, I'm like, this is going to be a heck of a finish, Coach. This game, I love it. Some people will look at that score and say it's boring football, but if you're really focused on the trenches and schemes and this, this game of chess, it was a lot of fun. But what I'm showing here is a 22 ace, H attached, strong right, X motion to tight, and this is going to be an eight-yard inside run. Now, what does that mean, guys? 22 personnel, right? Two running backs and two tight ends, okay? Now, if you'll notice how this sets up, do we have the – I think we've got the same play here, or do we not, Coach? Is this uh, the, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the right. Because they've got yep. the uh, they've got the flex up top. You've got it. This is right. So, essentially what you've got is a 22 uh, – oh, we get the gun set, don't we? Yep. So, we're a little crossed up here. Yep. So we've got um we've got twenty-two personnel here is is um what you could call it, uh just depending on what you call the H back in the backfield. Um, but yeah, it's it's an orbit motion look with Debo. Um similar yeah, I've got to what the uh, what I've got, coach, I've got the the wrong one. I've got the one at the three ten mark mark down here. If you'd like, I can pull that up. Oh, there it is. You got My it. Apologies. It was no, okay. off of it. You good. Totally cool. Totally cool. So what we got here, gang, is the uh, is the 22 ace, H attached, strong right, X motion to tight. Okay, now what does that mean, 22 ace? You've got two running backs, two tight ends. I love this set, first of all. So with the two running back, you've got Christian McCaffrey, and then you've got Kyle Juszczyk. But what's crazy is H, which is Juszczyk, your H back, is actually attached on the right side. Okay, so you've got now a 22 ace, H attached, strong right. Strong right, meaning the uh, two of the three tight ends are on the right side. And then obviously, if I remember correctly, I believe you've got Kittle on the left side of the formation. But the X motion to tight just kind of tightens everything in. And then you've got this eight-yard inside run. And I wanted to point that out because the majority of what San Francisco runs, they love to run a lot of uh, 22I, 21I, and things of that nature. But every now and again, what they'll do is they'll branch off, put use check attached to the line, and it really causes some confusion because once they start to tee off on those I-formation sets, here they go back to ace. So, you know, if this was ran in Green Bay, this would be, you know, he would be considered a tight end because it would be DeGuara. Why do I mention that? Because DeGuara has not carried a single ball since he's been in Green Bay. He's been there for three years, and he doesn't have a single carry. check, however, has gotten 50 carries since he's been there in 2017, so they're not afraid to hand it to the fullback. And that's one of the issues I have really with Green Bay coaches. They don't utilize that fullback position. I'm, I'm sure there's been many occasions where when they come out and they've got that offset eye, they could hand the ball to the fullback and catch them off guard because, you know, like Ryan had pointed out here recently um, on his podcast, it just seems like the defense knows what's coming. The reason that they don't know what's coming when it comes to San Francisco is plays just like this. They throw so many looks at you. But if you'll notice, and I'm sure Coach will outline it, 
everything is so simple, coach. It's so straightforward. You can tell nobody, there's no confusion on whose assignment is where, but let's go through this eight yard run in here. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Um, I'd, I'd like to point out here real quick. Um, Juszczyk is attached to the formation. He's off, so he is. He would have been eligible either way, but now this tight end is also an eligible receiver. You've almost got to treat this like trips tight, right? Like this yeah. is a very, very close, what we would call a, a tray tight look. Tray indicating that the tight end is, or that third receiver is on the line. Everybody else is off when you motion this sucker in right here. Um, you do have to account for the backside. What I really like you to notice is just how condensed C uh, San Francisco runs everything out of. You can see all very, very clearly all 11 are going to be darn near within the hashes, right? Very, yeah. very small hashes. And the, um, the, the depth of the running back has a lot to do with this play as well. You know, heels about nine deep. Um, so there's there's a lot of stuff that's actually going on here. The the cool thing is how... how um, diverse i guess they are uh out of condensed sets right so look at what that does to that cowboys defense it's going to start leaving a lot of space on the edges which san fran will end up attacking here um shortly but really what a uh, condensed formation does is essentially just kind of takes your really really good edge players out of the picture right i mean if you're going to run some inside zone or you're going to run some wham um some quick trap that sort of stuff it doesn't matter how good micah parsons is because he's got a whole and then you've got a stacked corner for the secondary edge. So Micah Parsons might be really, really good lined up at edge. Um, then you can go ahead and attack a gap and essentially neutralize really, really good defenders like that. So that's what San Fran's going to do here. It's really nothing special. I mean, if you take a look at, if you're reading pass run, if you're this poor stacked corner and you're watching Trent Williams, you're thinking pass all the way. This is so, so good by him. I've loved watching him do that. He's just going to bait the corner into thinking it's pass. We're going to go ahead and get a release from Kittle here that makes it look like pass. But if you're really, you're seeing, hey, your center's all the way up the field. That tells me it's inside zone, <laughs> right? Like this is, this is really called them just kind of muddying reads, understanding what your reads are, muddying reads, creating chaos. You do that inside and you can win back here. This right tackle is fun, man. He just, he's fun to watch. He's such a physical player. And then go ahead and and get a little bit of cutback from a duo or an inside zone left look. Um, I can't quite tell if this is duo or inside zone, so I apologize for that, uh, just because of the defensive alignment and the blockers here. But um, this is exceptionally well done. Um, very simple. And I want you to watch this. Like, you want to know if you're going to win a football game or not? Watch how your offensive line reacts after a play. Watch this. This is big boy football. And these big boys are getting ready to play some big boy football, right? You're holding <laughs> up your head button like you know you're going to win the line of scrimmage and with angles. And that's you can be a little bit undersized. You can be a little bit weaker. You can be all these things. If you've got a good that's going to give you good blocking angles, you're going to be able to win the line of scrimmage. And that really helps out a rookie quarterback be the world's best quarterback. But now you can get some really long naked boots off of this. You can get some pass run options. Um, a really, really good setup play. I'll be honest with you. I was not impressed with San Francisco's offense in the first half. I really wasn't. Right. Um, and I, you know, I know there's, there's, there's caveats to the game that, you know, the run game gets going later on and all that sort of stuff. I get it, but you really started to see things kind of calm down, simmer down, get to a little bit more zone running here and just start to win with formation and angles again. 
In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Nate Thurston, and I'm supposed to write a 30-second ad that tells you everything you need to know about my podcast, Good Morning Liberty, which I co-host with Charlie, my best friend of 20 years. That's a tough feat to accomplish, but let's give it a shot. At Good Morning Liberty, we cover the news every day from an individual liberty perspective. We believe that you own yourself, and a tyrannical, overreaching government is the biggest threat to your liberty. If you agree, you can find a new episode every day of the week on your podcast app or by going to BernieLies.com in your browser. Yards up the field, and that's where the depth of the running back comes into play because with this nice long handoff, you know, you're coming from under center with a running back whose heels are yards, right? A nice long handoff makes Micah Parsons have to think boot. So all of a sudden, if he's your best defender and you're running away from him and he has to hold, watch where he's going to end up. It takes him completely out of pursuit. That's going to take him completely out of the run fit because he has to respect boot. And he's thinking boot because of the pass set from Trent Williams. So your best defender, maybe the best defender in the NFL, can no longer hit pursuit, can't be involved in the play. Um, it's a great neutralizer. It's a great way to start to set up some really, really good, really efficient calling. Love it. Can you do me a favor, Coach? Can you take it back to the very frame and just pause it where Christian McCaffrey is at the line of scrimmage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, go. And for those of you listening on the – yeah, just as soon as he gets to the blue line there, just kind of freeze it right there. Yeah, right there is perfect, yeah. So for those of you listening on the pod, what Coach was just explaining, Christian McCaffrey is about to cross the line of scrimmage. Micah Parsons, the Dallas Cowboys' best player, probably on their entire team, definitely on defense, right, is six yards behind the line of scrimmage, okay, as McCaffrey's crossing it, and he's at least three to four yards wide of where McCaffrey is, completely schemed out of the play. I mean, and, and it's all because everything married up. Everything married up, the run to the pass, you've got to protect the boot, everything. It's it's amazing. It really is. It's so simple. Yet, And I love what you, uh, what you highlighted there with the offensive lineman. You could tell that look was, oh, yeah. This is, this is about to get good. Everything we just set up in the first half, we're about to pop this thing open. I love it, man. Absolutely love it. Again, that was just an eight-yard inside run, what I referred to as a 22 ace, H attach, strong right, X motion to tight, and uh, just a beautiful scheme up there by, by the 49ers and just keeping things simple. Let's move on to the next one, Coach. Um, this one came in the third quarter, two minutes and 30 seconds left. Yeah, right here, this one here. And ba basically, guys, this was the 49ers possession, second and two, Dallas is 28. So this was actually the very next play. Is that correct, Coach? Got it. 
Awesome. So this guys, what they're going to do is come out in an uh, 11 gun, strong, right bunch, halfback, same. They're going to go Y motion to dual and an X deep motion or X orbit motion. So let me explain what that means. 11 gun, right? 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, strong, right bunch. They're going to be lined up in kind of a half diamond pattern on the right side of the ball. Okay. And then you've got halfback same, meaning the halfback is on the same side of the field as the tight end. They're going to go Y motion to dual. Okay. Y is obviously the tight end. They're going to motion him into the backfield and call it a dual set, what I call a double sidecar. Once that's set, you think, okay, all the trichanery's over, right? The circus has left town. Now we can line up and play football. Wrong. Now you're going to have a Y motion. After the Y motion to do it, you're going to have an X deep motion or orbit motion. Guys, this defense, if you watch uh, Leighton Vander Esch, this inside linebacker here, uh, he's lined up uh, just right in the middle of the defense. He's up, change, changing the play, checking the play, checking in and out. Like he doesn't know what to do from the tight end motion, the Y motion to duel, and then, of course, the uh, the wide receiver with the orbit motion. It's just amazing, man. And this is exactly what Greg Cosell was talking about, that what San Francisco is doing is so complex in pre-snap movement. And and their, their one thing he highlighted, Coach, was you don't know if it's going to be Debo Samuel getting the ball. You don't know if it's going to be McCaffrey. If it's gonna, who, You don't know who's going to get the ball. You don't know if it's going to be play action, play action boot. And what it does is it forces the defense to play vanilla. They've got to play within a certain, uh, you know, guideline, if you will. But I'm going to let you take it away again. Uh, here it is. It's a, a seven-yard run, like I said, out of 11 gun. They started out in a bunch. They ended up in a dual set. Now, let me just say this. Let's compare this to Green Bay. This same formation, many times we've seen it this year, and they've come out in what we call the pony package, where it's Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the backfield. Guys, that's not fooling anyone. I was as excited about pony package as anybody, but it did not catch anybody off guard this year. What you have here is Kittle lining up in the double sidecar, and it's it's game on, man. But show them, show them what happens here, Coach, with the seven-yard run. Yeah, you had explained it a list play. The reason that it, it it's so difficult is because in between, plays or if, if you're substranded you know then Dallas has the opportunity to substitute without penalty um they, they're given grace to substitute just start to match personnel so when you're up in the booth and you're looking at it hey we got 22 personnel hey we got 11 personnel whatever that might be it takes the whole play call sheet that you could see as a defense and it kind of narrows it down because you're probably not running you know a, a true vertical package with 22 personnel and you know that sort of stuff so you can get some some pretty good data and analysis based on on your personnel especially in the collegiate and nfl game you know if, if you really take a look at personnel and you break it down throughout the week you can have a pretty good idea of what's coming the problem is you know if you got a guy like george kittle or, or kyle Uschek or even debo um they're kind of positionless right and, and you hear that all the time of like positionless players um Kittle can look the best of them. You know, he's an H-back, he's a fullback, he's a tight end, he's a receiver. You, you, you know, when you, you've got these multiplicity type guys, really wreak havoc on the opponent's ability to scout personnel. So that's what San Fran is doing. Previous play with some exotic type personnel looks. Now, um, now you're here again. This should be 11 personnel. You're thinking, okay, Trey, you're thinking Deuce, you know, some of these more simple formations. And here they come out in, in what we call split. Um, which is a, a very difficult thing to now adjust to as a defense. And then on top of that, just like you mentioned, they're going to throw Debo in orbit motion, just like we saw from Cincy. And this is where things get very difficult. We just talked about how you scheme out 
Micah Parsons, right? Well, if you want to make a buck just like Cincinnati did, watch what's going to have to happen to this outside linebacker here when Debo takes that and carries it to the flat. Don't watch anything else on the play except for this to our field side outside linebacker screen. Watch where he has to go. Now your box is light, right? <laughs> he has to make sure that he's the edge player. You've got Micah Parsons here on the edge, and 42 now has to has to set a secondary edge, if you will, just because of the threat of the motion from Debo. You know, that's it's a total decoy thing, but it's the threat of the motion from Debo, coupled with the fact that this receiver right here, I, I believe this is Brandon Ayuk, this is really smart of him. Uh, traditionally, you have your inside foot up as a wide receiver. The only real time you'd have your outside foot up is if you're running speed out so that you can take your one step plant and go um so that's probably got number seven thinking that hey i'm gonna have to if he because i am i am that flat defender now all of a sudden if he takes this sucker in a speed out rally to him so you've essentially taken three defenders out of the box um pre-snap right and that's why san fran loves these condensed formations but because they can go from playing you know, 11 on 11 to doing some silly things. Just take Debo out of the frame. That's going to take three defenders with. Now we're playing 10 on eight. We start to win. This is stealing gaps type. Um, and this is just, it's really cool because it's just really simple. There's nothing, nothing sexy about this play at all. This is a base play that high schools run. This is what we call back where the entire offensive line is going to run inside zone to the left. The tight end's going to come and set the edge, and up, and you're going to let the running back just kind of wedge it up in here and and pick his spot, right? Nothing, nothing incredible about this play, aside from the fact that you've got yourself a numbers advantage now. Let's count, right? If we're going to take this defender, this defender, and this defender out of the play with a little pre-snap snuff, you've got one, two, three, four, five Cowboys defenders until you get to the hard deck where, you know, a pursuing corner or a filling safety could could start to get in. So once again, you're spilling numbers in favor of yourself. Um, all you got to do is, is, is rip through, you know, with some tough running from Mitchell here, you're going to, you're going to pound out eight yards. And I know, I know fans don't like, yeah, six, seven, eight yard runs, whatever. I think they're the best thing in the world. They Absolutely. are demoralizing um, for a team like San Fran, who in the past has had some offensive struggles. Um, they do what, they do what needs to be done and keep your defense fresh, keep the ball moving, play, play uh, time of possession, play ball control, still put points on the board. Like this is exceptional. Now we just saw duo and inside zone. So a couple of zone tree type of runs um, that San Fran is just stealing numbers on. Right. And just, just um, getting the gap conducive, the gap count conducive to what they want um, before the ball is even snapped. So it's really intelligent stuff from San Fran. Absolutely. So again, guys, 11 gun, strong right bunch, halfback same Y motion to dual X orbit motion. And what that does is remove three defenders from the box. It's amazing. Just like coach said, the final product is very, very simple. It's getting to that final product. You think the defense comes out. We got a bunch set. Got it. Okay. Check at the line. Here we go. We're ready to roll. Wait. Okay. He's motioning the dual. All right, guys, look, check, check, check. <laughs> we got the tight end in the backfield opposite now. Okay, great. Well, crap. Here goes Debo in orbit motion. They've got to roll out. You've got the hat count, and it's off to the races. Seven-yard run. Seven-yard run on second and two, Coach. We talked about it on Chalk Talk. 
all year long. The best way to play third down is to avoid it altogether, and that's exactly what San Francisco did. So good stuff, man. Yeah, some uh, of the really cool stuff that they continue to do. Like and, and, and we're talking about their motions and stuff, but the 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 hardest position group, in my opinion, to coach is the offensive line because it's the biggest. You got five dudes there all the time, right? So with five dudes, um, your your probability, your failure goes up astronomically. You know, you're you're gonna have four receivers on the field, maybe three, maybe two, maybe one. You know, you might have one or two, sometimes maybe three running backs, but you always have five linemen. So the chance of a bust is pretty high. What all this really cool um, motion and formation, what all this does, we call it window dressing. It makes things appear incredibly complex for the defense, makes game planning really tough, but keeps everything super simple for the five offensive linemen. And that way they can just focus on getting the little things right. We saw a duo and inside zone, which are cousins, right? Hmm. Um, super easy schema for that offensive line. You're not going to see busts. You can let them just pin their ears back and, and, and go be football players and you can dress it up and window dress it, make it appear complex with all your other skill players. It's cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't, it doesn't hurt either guys that they've got two solid number one wide receivers too. If you notice there's, there's a little safety playing deep back here too. You know, they're, they're sitting back there going, okay, what, what are they going to do in this little stack set, this tight set on the opposite side, you got Debo and Ayuk or whoever might be on the field. And it's like, okay, we've got to really, really protect against the play action pass. What's amazing about Brock Purdy this year, he's the darling of the NFL. And how could he not be the very last pick of the NFL draft on a, what, a seven game winning streak now or what one one is, I think he's undefeated as a starter still. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the, the truth of the matter is he's been an inaccurate passer. There, I think it was uh, the week before last, his completion percentage was only like 60%. But when you're running the ball effectively and then you hit on those big play action passes, man, it's it's game time. So let's move on to the final play here, Coach. We've got 49ers, uh, the uh, 49ers possession at second and goal at Dallas's three. This came in the fourth quarter. This was the very first play of the fourth quarter. Obviously, it's still nine to nine, and this is where the 49ers are just going to punch this thing in and take the lead and, and really never look back. But they come out in a 21-gun tight, strong H left, and uh, this is going to be, like I said, a touchdown run. What's crazy, guys, and I want to point this out, the previous play to this play, they came out in an eye formation, and they actually – I believe it was an eye. I don't think it was a double cycle. I think it was an eye, and they handed off to check a fullback dive for seven yards. Everything we just talked about running out of the heavy 22, running out just a, a 21 eye, uh, all this window dressing, and then, oh, yeah, by the way, they can hit you right between the eyes with a fullback dive is just amazing to me. So that that seven-yard fullback dive set this play up as they come out. And this has been really popular this year, Coach, that for whatever reason, teams love to come out inside the five and they come out in that gun set, don't they? I mean, it's something that, that you know, Green Bay did it at nauseum this year. The only problem is we're running a lot of RPO action and you're not seeing it here with the Niners. They're going, you know what? Let's keep it simple. Let's pound this thing in. But tell me what happens on this touchdown run. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a couple that happen. I stole the TV copy here, so you're going to see some of their drawings and and rightfully so because the right tackle does a job here. But as, as we talked kind of this whole drive, you're seeing zone family type runs, right? We saw inside zone back. Or, or some people call it split zone. And then we saw a duo, right? Mm -hmm. Well, let's take a look at our receivers here real We notice what foot is up, right? Your outside foot is up on both of these receivers. So you're going to have to maintain outside leverage, just taking that, that 
speed out away. So that's what you're thinking right off the bat. You know, you're in zone coverage. I got to take away the speed out. Got that. Um, what the Niners are going to do now is run what's called GT. And this is why they're in the gun here. Um, we call it GT because you're going to pull both the guard and the tackle from the backside. And they're going to do that because they got a really good blocking tight end, kind of wall off the best player here in Parsons so that he can't scream down the line and destroy this. But you're going to pull the guard and the tackle and everybody else is going to down block. So you're going to get down blocks here, really good angles. It's going to be awesome. And then the right tackle is going to come up and forge out here. And you're going to watch the safety fill. And you're actually, if you're Dallas, you're going to have an unblocked man at the point of attack. But because San Francisco here does such a great job, there's the announcer's little uh, drawings there as well. Because San Francisco <laughs> does such an unbelievable job of making sure that the running backs know exactly where to go on counter. Watch the running backs counter step back here. So if you're Leighton Vander Esch here, 55, and you're peeking in the backfield and you're not reading your guard like you should, you're reading through him, your first step is going to be wrong, which is going to bring you a little bit slow to the point of attack with that counter step. Look at number six here. He's like, wow, I could. If, if, if you're not peeking, six could come right off the butt of the pulling tackle. Trent Williams here. He could blow that play up in the backfield. That counter step. Watch the counter step by the running back. Makes him think, okay, I got to get out. As soon as six false steps here, the game's over, right? We're going to watch an unbelievable um, down block here by the right tackle where he gets all the leverage on that three tech and then peels back. And then the guard kicks out first. He's what we call the kick. Now you get the tackle coming around for the wrap. He's going to wall that off. There's going to be nobody to touch 27, but because of his angle of attack, and because you have six, still very lost out here, by the way, um, because you have all that happening, it's just a full little untouched tuck for Christian McCaffrey into the end zone. Really, really well done. Six just now figured out um, what's going on. So <laughs> um, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a really good way of, of putting defenders in conflict and making sure they're staying perfectly disciplined. Um, and it's a, it's a cool little wrinkle because you've literally run inside zone, right? You ran inside zone, inside zone, duo, split zone, whatever. And all of a sudden you have pulling guards. So you're kind of, or, and, and pulling tackles. So you're kind of really messing with those reads and forcing a defense to play incredibly disciplined. And if they don't, you're going to just steal yards. You're going to steal yards by, you're going to steal a yard by poor eye discipline, all this sort of stuff. And when that stuff happens, um, you say, as a defense, look at this freight train coming around here. Just let me let, let me just brag on these big dogs for a second. Watch <laughs> all the beef running just full speed. Watch this collision on D-Law. I think we all know Demarcus Lawrence. I think we, we can all say he's a pretty darn good defensive end, right? Watch yeah, he's this. pretty decent. <laughs> Wham, baby. That is everything you want. For I mean, this is just – it's it's awesome. It's just everything you want from offensive line play. Very simple, very disciplined, very technique driven. You're going to watch this arc block up here by George Kittle. We call it an arc where he's going to start to release outside and then wham this thing back in. That's going to attribute to the six. And what that's really doing is telling us like, hey, if we get a counter step from Christian McCaffrey, arc release, our tight end, there's no way number six can run this down from the backside. What you're always afraid of being offensive linemen near the goal line is opening up that gap that they just pulled from, right? So this is San Fran's answer. You're going to arc block Kittle. 
and make sure that six has to stay put. You're going to get a counter step from McCaffrey so that he can't shoot C gap. And then once all of that happens, there's nobody left. I mean, you're just, you're, you're stealing the line of scrimmage. Absolutely. It's, it's funny, you know, all three plays that you just outlined that the 49ers ran coach at 97 here, if you watch 97 on this play, just like six, six doesn't even know what's going on, but watch 97. He looks to the hole and right to your look, pause it. And he's like, there's nobody there. Yeah. Like it, 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 the play is already over. It's gone. And 97's looking for work. I mean, it's, exactly. it's amazing, man. And, it's and I don't see, go ahead. It's a, it's a really fun thing to watch that you have a defense confused, right? Um, right. The most frustrating feeling in the world. And I've been on this side of it too. Okay. Don't be wrong. The most frustrating thing in the world is feeling like you know what's coming and not being able to stop it. And I feel like, you know, whether they knew it was going to be GT with a counter step specifically or not, you had a pretty darn good idea San Fran was going to run the ball. That's why you're packing the box like this, right? So when you get that sucker packed in like this, oh, baby, um, you know you're running it and you're frustrated because you cannot stop it. As you said, here's 97. He's but uh, Christian McCaffrey's already ready to score. You got six <laughs> locked up on George Kittle. You got a couple of unblocked defenders over here that are frustrated. Um, because they had an opportunity to make a play, but everything went the other way. It's just, it's really neat stuff. It really is, man. 96 that you've got outlined there too. I mean, he literally, the the the, the counter jab step that McCaffrey takes, he immediately goes right. He completely bots on that counter right there. He's like already fading over, lost all momentum. He don't know what's going on. Not a clue. I love it, man. Absolutely love it. And you know, it's, it's what's so frustrating as a Packers fan, and it's what I love talking to you about, Coach On, is because I know you're not like – I think you're you're becoming a closet Packers fan because we talk about it so much. <laughs> Don't start. <laughs> but it's, you can remove all emotion and go, here's what's actually happening. And all year long you've heard us. We were frustrated. Aaron Rodgers was frustrated. Everybody was frustrated. Everything's too kind. It, when you look at San Francisco and you look at Green Bay, Green Bay's frustration is coming on the offensive side of the ball. Like we just can't get on the same page. We can't accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. San Francisco has the defense completely flustered, completely confused. It's it's really amazing. It's fun to watch. Um, so again, I know it's going to make a lot of Packers fans throw up. the The goal was it to get on here and brag on the Niners. Again, I wanted to point out, and we didn't talk about this beforehand. I didn't say, hey, coach, here's my message. Here's what I want to accomplish. I want you to outline the plays, and then I'm going to point out, here's here's what you know Green Bay has been doing and where the difference really lies. First of all, the threat of handing the ball to the fullback, like I said, Ushek's had 50 carries, 50 carries since Kyle Shanahan got there in San Francisco in 2017. Um, you've got uh, Josiah DeGuar has been in Green Bay for three years now, three full seasons. He hasn't gotten a single carry, right? You don't – nobody treats him as if he's a fullback, right? It's just – and you. it's very rare that you see us come out in an eye formation. A lot of our stuff that we're doing is gun. We like to roll out the pony package with A.J. Dillon and, and Aaron Jones. Coach, if we're going to lean into San Francisco's offense, which I'll be honest with you, I hope they do. I really do because – I feel like anybody can run this offense that's at the pro level. You pointed it out. There's nothing complex about it. Everything's window dressing, but the end result is very, very simple. 
part of me almost wants to say we've got to use A.J. Dillon like you check because if DeGuara's not capable, and I'm not saying he isn't, but why aren't they going in that direction? It's just confusing to fans. It really is. What Do you do you, do you see anything that San Francisco's doing that Green Bay can't do other than – other you know, aside from Bakhtiari was hurt most of the season or at least they're in the first part of the season, and they've got Trent Williams as well as they've got George Kittle at tight end. Juszczyk is a pro's pro. Um, you know, Bob Tunyon is not a not a Kittle. I mean, I think we would all agree with that. But what do you think? Is this something that Green Bay could possibly lean into? And why do you think they haven't? Yeah, um, it, it certainly is. Um, they they could absolutely do this. Any team in the league could do them with the right pieces. You know, I, I threw a little barb into the chat last night, um, kind of as a part <laughs> I've seen of it. About, uh, about my buddy Dominique Daphne. I used to, I used to love watching that dude play ball. Um, was, you know, I, as a soccer fan, um, but really wish that guy got more of an opportunity um, just because I liked his utility mindset. He could do a, a whole lot of things, did some nice things on specials, all that sort of stuff, right? Um, you, you've got to have the right personnel, certainly, to run this. And it doesn't hurt that San Fran has a really good tight end that is um, intelligent, you know, and is smart enough to smart align and get to where he needs to be formationally. Um, they've got that in a fullback as well. They have one of the better running backs in the league. And as you said, you know, the, the possibility of a, a couple of no, number one receivers, um, that can take that sucker vertical. So all of the, all of the answers are there along with Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey and all these guys, they got, they've got a pretty talented offense. Um, the, the question mark right now is, is quarterback. And that to me almost seems the exact inverse a lot of times of, of what we see in Green Bay. You know, I, mm -hmm. I'm not calling out any guys or whatever, but you've got a pretty top-tier quarterback, and I know everybody says everybody's got their own opinion on him, but if you look at <laughs> the, the dude's a, dude's still, he's a pretty good quarterback, right? Um, right. You've, you've got some question marks at receiver. You don't really have that one that's going to draw bracket coverage right now, um, but you've got a great running back duo, You've just got to make sure that you can get the pieces around them, the, the pieces of a tight end. And I could just tell you, hey, Travis Kelsey, go draft George Kittle. You know, why don't you just draft <laughs> check? Right? Like that that would be the easy answer. If, right. if you're going to run a, a system like this, you've, you've really got to kind of go all in and get those pieces there that you need. Um, I don't see mm -hmm. these pieces personnel-wise in Green Bay right now. So I think they were running the offense that, that could best suit their personnel because at mm -hmm. the end of the day, personnel wins, right? You, you say it all the time. I love your quote of, you know, when you're getting to crunch time, think players, not plays. Right. And right. that's, that's kind of what San Fran's doing here. You know, they're giving their offensive line some great angles. They're giving them a great opportunity at the point of attack. And, and they're kind of scheming dudes out of it a little bit. Sure. And Christian McCaffrey's hands, which isn't a bad place to put the ball. Right. So they're thinking players and they're thinking, how do we scheme up angles? How do we make it easier for our guys? That sort of stuff. Um, not really feasible. I don't think for Green Bay current offense. Now, Bakhtiari back certainly helps. You know, you have um, if, if you could start to see some growth. Um, from the tight end room, if Mercedes Lewis was 10 years younger, he'd be that dog. But you right. know, it's just kind of the reality of it right now is you're not seeing it from Green Bay because I, I think they're kind of hamstrung by the personnel they have.
Yeah, I agree. That's what I'm coming away with as well. I think there's a, a lot of different factors that played into the down year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers definitely didn't play an MVP level. We all know that, whether it was the thumb or this is the, the beginning of the end. Who knows? I, I guess we'll find out if he does come back. But um, the big thing for me, man, and, and that was Pat Kerwin's quote that, that I always mention um, from the, a great book. If you guys haven't read it, it's called Take Your Eye Off the Ball. And it basically teaches you what to look for when watching a game rather than just following the ball. A uh, really, really good book for beginners. It was the very first football book I read, and it was just like, holy cow, I could really nerd out over this stuff. Um, but when you, when you think play or not play, look at all those championships that New England won. Why did they win them? You notice the year that they went out and got Randy Moss and they tried to force him the ball and everything, it didn't quite work. They had a great regular season, got beat in the playoffs. But when when they needed a big play, it was Rob Gronkowski that they went to in those crunch moments, right? Think player, not play. And I think tight end coach is so undervalued um, from fans, not the NFL, but fans. And I've been guilty of it as well. And I just want to point out as we get ready to sign off here, guys, you guys have heard me on Twitter. I'm going, man, if – I don't know if Michael Mayer will be the stud that everybody thinks he will be. You know, there's been plenty of busts in the past, but the the argument that you don't take a tight end that early, right, is just silly to me because if you did go back and redraft, I guarantee you these teams would be willing to spend a first-round pick on a Rob Gronkowski, on a Travis Kelsey, on a Tony Gonzalez, all these great tight ends, right? And, and hindsight's twenty twenty. I got it. But – these final four teams, Coach, in the playoffs, these are their tight ends. San Francisco, Kittle, Philadelphia, Goddard, Cincinnati, Hayden Hurst. Probably the worst of the four, but better than any tight end we've got on the roster, right? Um, and then Kansas City, the big dog himself, Travis Kelsey. I mean, it is what it is, dude. Success leaves clues. And uh, hopefully Green Bay will attack that, whether it is trying to draft the tight end high or maybe trying to dip into free agency. I know Dalton Schultz that plays for the Dallas Cowboys. Now that they're eliminated, he's set to hit free agency, although I don't see him letting him walk. I think he's just kind of one of Jerry Jones's guys. Um, but, again, this isn't a personnel podcast here. This is uh, We wanted to talk X's and O's, and I'm glad we got a chance to do it. But um, it's just confirmation for me, Coach, everything I've been seeing on tape. Um, we seem to be on the same page. And I certainly appreciate you taking the time to, to come in and point out the stuff in the trenches. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we sign off, man? I think really the clue that we've been seeing all year long when, when, you, when you say success leaves clues, um, remember the trend, and, and we talk about football being cyclical all the time. We always do. But remember the trend of NFL defenses this year, right? You have – Really, really good linebackers starting to play a little more edge, right? You see Barr doing it. You see Micah Parsons doing it. You know, you, you, you see guys getting to the edge to try to win with speed. And then you see defenses trying to match speed with smaller, faster outside linebacker types um, that have to play nickel and dime and even dollar peso type of looks. Um, so it only makes sense that bringing a tight end onto the field um, can, can really give you fits. You know, the last five years or so, I think I've seen more nickels drafted in third, fourth, fifth rounds, relatively high picks um, for a nickel or a slot corner type of guy. So you've got all these teams with these really expensive um, slot corner 
nickel type bodies that they're going to try to kill. And at the end of the day, Clayton, I, I've learned it myself, biology wins. Like I can have all the heart and all the technique in the world, but if I go up against six, seven, two eighty-five, dude, I'm going to lose. Like yeah. biology still works. Right. So, you know, you're, you're starting to really see that it'll be a really interesting next couple of years for the draft for a guy like me. Um, kind of keeping keeping that in mind to see where are NFL teams going next because we've seen it go through college already out and you know air raid was was really taking over everything right by storm um and then it took over the NFL eventually um now we're seeing it definitely at the high school level and it kind of, it, it seemed up from the high school level where you don't have the personnel so you have to get pretty creative right now yep. we're we're doing everything we can to really bad tackle um, and put them in, in an eligible jersey and have them get out there and block some of these nickels that we're seeing, right? Now, you see it in the yep, college yep. game. My guess is that that's coming up soon in the pro game. Absolutely. And, and like we said, everything's cyclical. And, um, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not a coincidence that the two teams representing the NFC are San Francisco and Philadelphia. We just talked about when people get nickel heavy, when they're looking to grab that speed for the edge, how do you counter it? You put a big, talented tight end in his face. Right. You scheme past them. You take them. You take a Micah Parsons out of the equation. And it's just amazing, man. We just highlighted San Francisco. We could have done the same thing with Philadelphia. But what's great about Philadelphia, they run what we call a six back system. Right. A six back offense. What does that mean? Typically, when a defense comes out, they're looking to stop five people. Right. If you've got four wide receivers and one one running back, you've got you've got five backs, essentially five uh, as a lot of people don't like this terminology, but quote unquote weapons that you've got to stop. But when you got Jalen Hurts, who squats darn near 600 pounds, and he's willing to take off and run with the ball in the emergence of the RPR, and I, I'm not saying that wrong, guys. We've seen the read option come through, and then we see the RPO, and now we're seeing the RPR, which is run pass run option, which is basically run pass option with the option of the quarterback to run on the backside. Um, it's no coincidence that these guys are, are running wild. And don't, don't be surprised if in two or three years it comes right back around and we're right back to speed. So uh, it's just fun, Coach. I can't thank you enough for your time, man. I really appreciate it. And we're going to get together soon. I'm going to try to put together maybe a top five plays of the year for Green Bay. And we'll do a chalk talk segment. Like I said, we had some people asking for that. I think it's a great idea. And when I get out of the way on this show and the listeners take over and give ideas, that's when stuff gets good. I've learned that real quick. So I really appreciate your time, Coach. Thank you so much. Everybody listening, everybody tuning in on Twitter and YouTube, we appreciate your time. Everybody listening at the work day tomorrow on the pod. Hopefully we explained it enough that you guys could kind of follow along. We always want to make it to where it's uh, conducive on the pod as well. But as always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go. On the fake, Rodgers lets it fly, has Watson, he's got it on his feet and he's in for the touchdown! That might be the biggest catch of this young receiver's career from Christian Watson. You can see him, it's just press man. They talk about his speed, his ability to get behind the defense. It's just a matter of can he catch it. That's a great job tracking the ball. He just took a big sigh of relief. Look at his buddies greeting him on the sideline, man. That's got to feel good. 